0: Today on episode fourteen of the eWar podcast, the doorlifter on his personal development journey. I am Leon Borma, and this is the space where founders get to share their stories of how they got an idea and turned it into a profitable business. Director. Leonard is one of the co-founders of Peak, enables entrepreneurs and developers to build decentralized applications for vehicles, robots, and devices while empowering users to govern and earn as connected machines provide goods and services. But today, Peak will only be a supporting character in Leonard's story, as today we will talk about his personal development journey, from dreaming big to developing the skills and habits to realize those dreams. Leonard, it's great to have you on the podcast today.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me, Leon. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Great. I think it's the second time, right? You appeared on the podcast before.
1: Yes, indeed. Yeah. We, we had one where we talked about the, the entrepreneurial journey in the past, which is uh, fantastic because right? it's, it's really great to be able to go in depth and, and talk about the journey, right? Like when we look on social media and so on, we always just see uh, what people post about the successes, um, but barely anyone really talks about the whole or can talk about the whole journey publicly, except formats like this podcast um, are great for that.
0: Well, we're happy to have you again and talk even more about your entrepreneurial journey. I think I heard you say at some point that when you were a thirteen-year-old, you had a goal in life, which was to get rich.
1: Yes, indeed, and I mean, of course, now looking back, this is not—it's not something very, very glorious uh, to aspire, and it's not something that I'm—I'm uh, I'm proud of retrospectively. But I think it was uh, really good and valuable at that point because it set a lot in motion for me. It was actually a friend of my mother who one day asked me out of nowhere, hey, Leo, what do you actually want to become when you are when you grow up? And since money has been quite an issue uh, for me when I was younger as a child and or it's been an issue in my life at that point in time, I just told him, hey, I want to become rich because I didn't want this to be an issue any longer. The next day we met again and he had a book for me because... He just moved to the Silicon Valley, also had bigger aspirations in terms of entrepreneurship and investing and so on. And he bas- he gifted me Rich Dad Poor Dad from Robert Kiyosaki when I was 13. And that was really life-changing to me because I didn't read that book at that point in time, but I read it when I turned 17 So I found it in my shelf when I turned 17 and it just revealed this entire world of entrepreneurship, investment and and so on to me, which I didn't know about because I don't come from an entrepreneurial background or like entrepreneurial family. So for me it was always need to finish school, then go to university, study, get a job and do the corporate career, retire and that's basically it. So this is the world I knew about and then this one book just opened this whole different perspective on what you could do in life. And it really set my whole development process in motion. And yeah, lots more things happened than when I was 17.
0: I think that is every author's dream to have their book have such a big impact on on such a young life that really set this entrepreneurial journey for you in motion. What happened? What did you start doing differently after reading this book?
1: Yeah, definitely like it, it opened this entire new world to me and from that point it was clear to me. Okay, I I want to become an entrepreneur. So it was very clear my profession has to be entrepreneurship. Back then, I thought it it's going to be more in the medical sector because I was interested in studying medicine, which I didn't turn out doing. But what was also very clear to me at this point that whatever I do as an entrepreneur needs to have a positive impact. So it wasn't enough anymore just to to make money. With, with 17, I was like, okay, I need to build a company. And with building a company, I can really change. I can transform how things work and function in the world. And I started looking on reading books of Steve Jobs and then a bit later Elon Musk and so on. So I really got inspired by these incredible entrepreneurs that Built companies and created new technologies to transform how society and humanity works and, and push things forward. That happened with, with 17, like setting entrepreneurship as the profession I wanted to to do and to become and really having the focus of creating impactful ventures. Yeah, that really set that in motion and I was looking for opportunities. Where could I become an entrepreneur as fast as possible with 18? When I was still going to school, I then started working on the side where I met actually one of my current co-founders back then. So I worked a lot on the side and tried to become an entrepreneur at that age already. It wasn't directly entrepreneurship, but I was reading a lot of books which got recommended to me by him and other people. Um, self-development books like Think and Grow Rich or How to Win Friends and Influence People. Those books really had a big impact to me, and I think they were also really important for the years to come, because they created the mindset I needed to follow on the path of entrepreneurship, and to yeah, also have the the mindset that's necessary to just do your thing and and strive for what you really want to achieve, and not give in to what your parents want you to do, and so on.
0: And and you mentioned impact. Where did that? come um, from the, the idea of wanting to make an impact on the world?
1: Yeah, I think it's probably something that people have in them to a certain degree. I do believe that almost every human wants to do something good. And even those who do a lot of bad things actually think for themselves that they want to do something good. So I think some have it more than less, but but I realized that meaning is very important for me and I hope. Yeah, thought about, okay, I'm going to spend so many hours working on something, it might as well be something that actually makes a difference in the world and something that was also related to the travels afterwards. So I think that that impact focus grew over time. But with Seventeen, it was quite there already saying, okay, I want to change something for the better and I want to do that via entrepreneurship because I think that's the most effective way to change something you can go into politics and become a politician i think there you can have quite a lot of impact too but much much less than an entrepreneur like uh, Elon Musk <laughs> taking him as an example like like everyone does right but i what i specifically find interesting about Elon Musk's entrepreneurship is tesla not only produces electric vehicles themselves right and pushing that forward but they forced the entire automotive industry to go electric and go electric much faster and sooner than they would have. And I think a lot of people don't see that, right? With that one company, he changed the complete industry worldwide, forcing the biggest companies like BW and that impact is almost not measurable, but I think it's it's crazy, it's, it's massive. No president of the United States could have done this, but an entrepreneur did.
0: That's definitely true. You see all these companies now making electric cars. I think here in the Netherlands, we even have a rule that after, I want to say 2035, you cannot sell uh, new diesel or gasoline cars anymore. It's just electric. And I think that would have never happened that kind of law if there wasn't such a big push from the automotive industry indeed to make electric cars like Elon Musk pushed forward. That's really cool. 90%.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I, you mentioned you read a lot of the classics, like how to make friends and Influence people. And that changed your mindset. How would you describe your mindset shift? Like, like what changed? What was a, a limiting belief, for instance, that you had to let go to become an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, that I think this is this is so so important because what happened um, then when I started studying and following on that journey through reading those books and really going down the rabbit hole of what all those great Tony Robbins and so like all those people say, right? All those people who. Created massive success and ventures and really changed things. I really <laughs> injected that into me during a intense period between 17 and 19, and that gave me the strength and the mindset to completely think outside of the system. So whatever my parents told me, I obviously I I, I wasn't disrespectful, but I didn't take their advice a bit because they didn't do what I wanted to do, and they haven't yeah, created any companies or so. So like, I didn't take their advice on my career and friends and society in general, right? That we get raised in going to school, going to university, what I described before, in this very, in, in the system, let's say, right? People always say system, it's often said in a bad in, in a bad sense, Obviously, it's great to have a system in the society for people to, to learn, to get educated, skilled, and then um, create value for society. But entrepreneurs act outside of the system, right? They don't join an existing company. They don't join a government job. They create a new company. They change how the system works. And in order to become an entrepreneur, you gotta be able to think outside the system and you gotta be able to leave any existing path, right? You need to create your own new path. And by consuming all that knowledge and all that, that input, I was able to leave any path the society had created before. and was able to go create my own path and go on that entrepreneurial journey. And I think this is really important because if you don't have that mindset and the stubbornness and the resilience to create that path and push forward on that path, I I think it's very hard to be a successful entrepreneur or oh, probably impossible.
0: Yeah. And I fully understand that, that system, like that was also what my parents told me, right? You go to school, you study really hard and then you get a good job. And that's like the pinnacle of success. And stepping outside of that by maybe studying art or indeed becoming an entrepreneur is just frowned upon, I guess, in society. Did you feel lonely at times, like yeah. deviating from this path?
1: Yes, I think especially when I started studying and then started really looking for opportunities to become an entrepreneur and started working in that direction. I had my circle of friends in university, which were all studying and following that path. And I was living together with them in a shared flat. And we were kind of separating more and more. That was probably the loneliest period because I had to keep going and it's it's often like that, right? You're in a group of friends or in a group of people, and as soon as someone does something different, then you just you don't belong any further anymore, really, to that group. And it was until I met my other co-founder Max, and until whom I knew before, and we started really working a lot together and spending a lot of time, that I didn't feel that that loneliness anymore on on my journey, because university you belong but until you have that venture idea with your co-founders where you start working on on a daily basis I I think it could be a bit of a lonely the exploration period could be a bit lonely if you don't have your tribe yet right I didn't know any other young entrepreneurs I didn't know any older entrepreneurs so I was really on my own trying to find my peer group switching from one to the other and that transition period was quite lonely I'd say yeah
0: yeah, I, I can imagine, especially at that age, you want to just fit in. That's important when you're 19.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And, and I think last time we spoke about this subject, you mentioned that at 19, you had a another life chasing experience similar to the books, but this time it was about travel in India. Can you share a bit about that?
1: Yes, indeed. On on the self-development journey, really, it, it's been at 17, right? This whole business, entrepreneurship, investment world that got opened up to me. And then when I was traveling with 19, I was first in New Zealand, where I met my travel mate, whom I traveled to India with as well. And he told me about that we are more than just our thinking mind, that there's our real existence is beyond our thinking mind and I had that one moment sitting on the terrace with him and deeply realized the truth in his words and deeply realized that we are consciousness beyond our thoughts and that we can observe our thoughts, right? Like it's practice in meditation where you practice to not identify with what you're thinking, but to observe what you think and then you realize, okay. There's a presence, there's an I that is beyond and above our our thinking brain and having that initial moment of realizing that there's more to us, you could call it spirit, right? More to us than just our, our ego and our thoughts. I really went on a journey then in India, meditating a lot, doing a lot of yoga, reading a lot of books the most influential and first one there was the power of now by Eckhart Tolle, which is very famous so that was my entry book in this entire world of spirituality and that added a complete different dimension to to my life like a lot more depth and something that i'm yeah continuously working on growing on um yeah after i was developing self-developing in the direction of entrepreneurship Really started self-developing in the direction of mindfulness, spirituality. You're trying to really explore all that there is beyond what we often think is reality. So that was that was very impactful, and it's also very important on my entrepreneurial journey because if you meditate a lot, if you are able to really be in touch with that higher self, you are. First of all, able to take much better decisions, you're much calmer, you are able to prevent burnout much better. Because a very active mind, and a lot of entrepreneurs I think struggle with it, and myself included, once the mind is very excited or active, it starts running and you're obsessing about thoughts and obsessing, obsessing it. It's difficult to sleep, it's difficult to rest because you're constantly thinking and it's mostly not constructive. But if you have the ability to calm your mind down and, and really start observing your thoughts and find peace, I think it's really about that finding inner peace. that makes the entrepreneurial journey so much more effective and you, you're taking much better decisions and you're also a much better leader because you radiate that presence and calmness to your entire team, investors, whomever you talk to. And I think it's, yeah, spiritual entrepreneurs or mindful, let's say, call them, mindful entrepreneurs are I think something that's emerging right now, mindful entrepreneurship. And I think something that's that's even more powerful than traditional entrepreneurship.
0: That sounds really powerful. And and I think I've spoken to quite a lot of entrepreneurs already that indeed have that like you describe it as well, this this personal development journey and spirituality or meditation or at least that calming inner journey, I guess, is definitely part of a lot of these entrepreneurs. And what I found very fascinating is that you said, I can make better decisions now that I'm more aware of this, well, the spirituality. Can you say more about that? How does it make you a better decision maker?
1: Yeah. When the, when the mind's very active, as I just described before, and you, you feel very burned out and there's a lot going on, you tend to not take decisions based on a bird's eye perspective and from a calm place, but you tend to take decisions from a place of stress and confusion to a certain degree and you kind of you're in a in a tunnel and you just see what's in front of you maybe what's behind you but you don't see the bigger picture and if you train and learn the skill of just sitting down taking a few deep breaths and detaching from the current situation detaching from the emotions and the stress for example fly up really go and try to take a bird's eye view on the whole situation getting a a long-term perspective and really taking the entire situation apart then you'll be able to take a much better decision or a much better reaction to a situation than if you are just stuck in in this tunnel vision where you can only see in front of you and maybe behind but you don't see all the other points of views and that's kind of what, what happens when the more you burn out, right? the less aware you are, the more numb you are, the more you get into this kind of tunnel vision where you don't see uh, the bigger picture anymore. And I think being able to see the bigger picture on a daily basis is absolutely key in entrepreneurship.
0: Very fascinating. It sounds like taking the emotion or at least like the initial emotion, emotional reaction out of decision making in Wardak calming yourself, understanding what's going on. Does that sound correct?
1: Yes. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Because the initial reactions are also based on maybe you feel offended or something is, yeah, like it, it's it's often um, just a program running that you based on your past or whatever, right? And it's often an irrational reaction. And by taking that away, you can react much more rational and, and much, much calmer
0: and you mentioned burnout a few times uh, in this conversation. Do you have experience with burnout?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I would say this is probably the, the third big package of self-development after entrepreneurship and spirituality is mental health. Because I realized once one's starting to work really hard on on the venture and going all in, I was, was super excited, but I stopped doing sports. I stopped seeing friends and family. I didn't really have any time off or balance, like really working 14 hours, seven days a week. And doing this for a year got me to the point where I was, yeah, burned out. Like I really realized, wow, I I, I treat myself and my body very badly. And you don't really notice along the way, and suddenly it feels like you're running against the wall. And I remember there were two situations in my entrepreneurial journey where I felt burned out. And one, I woke up in the morning and I was so exhausted I couldn't walk anymore. So I, I literally had to go back to bed and lay down because I yeah I wasn't sick or anything. I mean, apart from being exhausted, but it was pure exhaustion why I wasn't able to walk. And then I, I, I realized, okay, I, I really have to change something because this is not sustainable at all. Entrepreneurship is a marathon, not a sprint, right? You, you need to sprint from time to time, but then you also need to schedule in the time to rest. And I think most don't do this. And it's also understandable because it's so hard There's always more, especially when you're fighting to establish the company in the beginning. You need to work extremely, extremely hard. And this is part of successful entrepreneurship. But even then, do sports, take some time off, prioritize sleep. And all those things I I learned a bit later. But before I get into all the things that I learned and how I started preventing burnout and creating more balance, I also wanted to figure out what actually the root causes of me working so hard and being able to work so hard. And I I realized after doing some research and speaking to people, it's deeply rooted in in childhood trauma, right? It's this intense drive that a lot of entrepreneurs have. And if you look at Steve Jobs or Elon Musk, they are like highly traumatized individuals. And that fire and that incredible energy they put into their companies comes from their, their childhoods, and often from the feeling of, of not feeling good enough and needing to prove to the world that they're worthy of love and thereby like really putting in so much work and pushing things forward. So once I became aware of where the root is, of that intense drive is coming from, I was able to start working on that, um, looking into that, really going, uh, what, what happened when I was a child and developing a healthier relationship to my work, to myself, and also working on transforming that drive coming from a bad place to that drive coming from a, a good and positive place. This was really developing and understanding my my root courses of what's driving me forward, and then also learning the best ways on how could I prevent we not going forward. How can I function at a very high pace and work a lot while still feeling good and and staying energized and fresh and. As I I, I touched upon a few of those before already, the most important one is sleep. The moment I was able to get my sleep under control, prioritize sleep, get enough sleep, that changed a lot because the body is resting and restoring overnight, which is really, really, it makes the biggest difference. Doing sports, of course, helps a lot to reduce stress, reduce cortisol, eating well, super, super important to, to feel good. Spending time with friends and family, So, so important. You need a life outside of the company and outside of the venture because if if you don't have it, your entire life is that company. And some some days are really bad when building a startup. So you need something to lean on outside of that that gives you energy and rejuvenates you so that you can keep on going on that marathon. Yeah, those are really, really important. And I think that's something every entrepreneur also needs to work on Because you don't learn at school or from your parents how to be responsible for your own health when you want to build a company and when you want to really push hard. Most entrepreneurs I know, most young entrepreneurs I know, that actually have that drive to to build a company often come to the point of exhaustion and burnout because they initially don't know how to handle that properly.
0: And I think some of the books even perpetuate that idea of entrepreneurs only working. I think a lot of them say you have to be faster than your competition. You have to move faster than the incumbents. You have to make more decisions, be agile, work all the time, basically, without spending. At least most of the books don't really talk about the other side of taking rest, resting your mind so that it can make better decisions or come up with better ideas. It's, a lot of them are just about the work as an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's... That's fundamentally flawed because what I like to see entrepreneurship as is it's kind of your a professional athlete, right? A professional athlete, they are optimizing their entire life to perform at the best in the physical sports they do. If you want to build a company, like a massively successful company and started as a founder, you need to really think about, okay, how can I ensure that my body, brain, everything functions at the highest rate possible and scheduling in rest sleep nutrition sport time off with friends and family is super important because everyone knows that right it doesn't matter how many hours you work it matters the quality of the hours matters someone who for example works 10 hours a day or eight hours a day let's say eight hours a day and is super fresh and energized because they have great balance will be much more effective than someone who works 12 hours a day but has burned out and is not able to think clearly, has lost all their creativity and so on, they don't be rested. Whenever I took a holiday afterwards, I realized how much more creative I was and how much... I, and, do- and this creativity often is exponential, like exponentially valuable compared to just the time you worked. Because sometimes you have ideas which make all the difference. and. Yeah, it's, it's really not only about the time you put in. It's like, don't get me wrong, it's extremely important to work hard, extremely hard and long. I don't think you can build a successful company with four or six hour work days. Definitely not. But there's a limit. Like the 100 hour work weeks, I don't think most people can sustain that and I think you need to find your sweet spot of how much can I work, how hard can I work while still having enough time to do all the things I need to perform at my highest level. Taking rest and doing all those things outside of building the company in my point of view is treating it like a professional athlete. You do all those things to perform at the best, not because you're lazy and don't work every hour you can, but because you know, I need to do this, otherwise I don't perform at my highest level.
0: At EOR, we actually were working on courses on personal development, also realizing how important it is indeed for people to not burn out, because that's also not what investors want, right? As an entrepreneur, you need to make that company a success, and that's going to take lots of years. And if you're burned out, the chances of you being a success is a lot lower.
1: It feels super bad. I mean, there's this famous quote by Naval where he says companies don't die because they run out of money. They die because their founders run out of energy. And that's so true because in whatever situation you are, if you have enough energy to keep going, you'll find a way. You can cross finance the venture by freelancing. You can reduce the payroll if you don't have enough runway. You can acquire funding from somewhere. If you have energy, you always find a way to keep going. And if you don't have product market fit, you can pivot. You can start in one industry and end up in a completely different industry with the same venture. But it's important that you're able to keep going and that you're able to stay on the journey and on the process. The moment founders run out of energy, they lose drive, they lose motivation. They say that doesn't make sense, that doesn't work. They find reasons why they fail and then they fail. And that's it. So yeah, I I really think you need to find a a journey that is sustainable and that is enjoyable because then you can keep going long enough to get lucky. For us, we got lucky after keeping going long enough. So it it really took us a long, long time to get lucky on our journey. And only because we were able to keep going, we were able to get lucky. And I think that's, that's very, very important. We once had a call with an investor who looked at our faces, two, two of us, and he said, guys, you look fiddlish. You look really burned out. I'm, I'm worried about your health. Make sure you rest enough. And I'm sure if we would have asked that investor at that time, hey, would you chip in some more money because we're, we're low on, on cash, he would have probably said no because we were not in a good state. And he saw, okay, these guys are almost done, almost finished. So yeah, like when you go into fundraising, make sure you look healthy, you look fresh, you like vibrate energy. Because if you're finished, if you look burned out and tired, the investors see that, right? And they don't invest into someone who doesn't have the health under control.
0: That's a really good tip. I hope people note that down. And maybe just for people to understand you're saying health is important, nutrition is important, sleep is important. Maybe just a quick rundown of your week, like, How many hours do you roughly sleep at night? Like, what are we talking about?
1: Yeah, it's about seven to nine hours, which is also recommended for adults. There's uh, Matthew Walker with his research on the matter. He says, like, if you sleep less than seven to nine hours, it actually has profound negative impacts on on your health, risk increase in terms of getting severe uh, illnesses, and also on on your brain functionality. It has really, really negative impact. So I try to sleep seven to nine hours at least. Tracking my sleep, it's it's roughly between seven to eight most nights, I'd say. And then it's also important to optimize your sleep quality. So sleep time alone is not the only uh, thing you need to look at. If you get a aura ring or Fitbit or any other tracker, you can actually see what's the quality of your sleep, how much deep sleep, how much REM sleep you got. And then you realize, oh, it's not a good idea to drink caffeine before I go to bed. I should stop drinking caffeine at noon, because then I don't have it in my blood when I sleep. You realize I shouldn't eat an hour before I go to bed, especially nothing heavy, because then other other values go down in terms of my sleep score. And you really get an interesting insight into what is good for your sleep and what is bad. So I can definitely recommend every entrepreneur to get a sort of fitness tracker, because it gives you black and white feedback, what's good for you and what's not. and a lot of people think you lose body awareness, but I feel like I have more awareness because I pay more attention. Because I see the numbers, and then I go inside. And it's like, oh yeah, actually, I don't feel so creative today because I didn't have enough REM sleep. Yeah, so it's 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 a really valuable to get those insights into your body.
0: That's a good number, eight, to, seven to eight hours a day. So I was worried you were going to say, oh, four hours, like that's enough for me in regard, <laughs> but it's
1: <laughs> no. No, no, there are some people, I think Matthew Walker says it's, it's less than one or three percent, I'm mm-hmm. not sure, who can sleep less than the seven to nine hours, but everyone else uh, needs to sleep seven to nine hours. And there are a lot of people who think they can sleep less, but they're chronically sleep deprived and don't even realize anymore that they are sleep deprived because that became the new normal, right? Once you are sleep deprived for two, three years and you just function on a lot of caffeine, You don't know what what life is like if you sleep two, three weeks in a row, seven to nine hours. So I would, yeah, recommend anyone to try this out and prioritize sleep. A lot of people think, oh, I don't have enough time then anymore, but the awake time you have when you slept well is so much more valuable in terms of work and life feels so much better. It's definitely worth it. Like I would reduce. Two hours awake time any day for feeling more alive and and fresh during the less hours I have awake, but much more quality.
0: Yeah, I agree. Feeling tired is the worst thing in the world, and for sure. In in uh, when we talk about sports, how many times a week, how many hours do you work out?
1: So what I since I'm traveling a lot, running is something I can do everywhere, which is great. So I try to run at least two to three times a week. Sometimes even every day if it's possible and I'm nearby a park. I'm going. I'm running every day. It really helps. I I miss it a lot. And then doing some body weight exercises like push-ups and so on. You can do everywhere. Yoga is also super super good. So I try to do this every morning. Implementing this at the moment actually. Yeah, it it helps a lot. So the more sport you can do, the better. I think running every day is is fantastic. It also makes you, like, you get addicted to it to a certain degree. I think it's a very positive addiction just to let go, have nice music, run through a city or through a park. It's really good to balance off stress. But yeah, I would recommend at least two to three times a week um, one should do sports. Every human, and especially as an entrepreneur, you need to do that to balance cortisol release and help you reduce stress on a, on a pure physical level, on a biological level. That makes a lot of
0: sense. So I wanted to ask you, you read so many books. Do you have any recommendations for our listeners?
1: One book that I read recently, which combines spirituality and business, is called The Surrender Experiment from Michael Saylor. And the book is about someone who actually wanted to go and live in the woods and become, uh, like, just meditate and do yoga all day long, and he started surrendering to the flow of life and ended up, like, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not gonna spoil it now, but yeah, ended up becoming a very successful entrepreneur, and he didn't plan that. So it's a very interesting book from the perspective of how spirituality and trusting in the flow of your life and surrendering uh, to the to flow of your life can really lead to living an exceptional life. And it doesn't mean you're not able to be a successful entrepreneur. Um, it's it's very much possible. It's of course extreme in that sense, but it's a beautiful spiritual and entrepreneurial story, which I think is a very nice book on combining those two subjects with each other and another one which just has insane amounts of uh, value in it is principles from Ray Dalio, Ray Dalio being the most successful hedge fund manager and founder uh, with Bridgewater. Been a while since I read it, I will reread it but it's full of goals, like all the things he learned throughout his career, principles of how to live life, how to build a company. They're all in there, so I can definitely recommend it to anyone yeah, wanting to go on to or is on the entrepreneurial journey.
0: I love that. I know I've read principles. It's great. And I'm going to add the other one to my list. That's really cool. Amazing. So we've talked about how spirituality and how health and fitness and mental health uh, prioritization helped you on your entrepreneurial journey. If our listeners, many of which are starting entrepreneurs, people that are thinking of starting a company. What do you want them to take away from this? What is your number one advice?
1: What's most important and also the, the theme that we covered in that podcast, it's really, and I know this sounds cliche, but it's really about the journey. Like you start somewhere and you start developing yourself, you start developing an idea. And it can go in all kinds of directions like the idea, but it's important that you keep on that journey and that you realize that there's the famous quote of you highly underestimate or you overestimate what you can do in a week or in a month, but you highly underestimate what you can do in five years. And really taking that in, that it's about the day to day to keep going. And also what I said before and find a way that it's sustainable to keep going, right? You can only keep going if you feel good, if you like it, at least most of the times. It's of course super, super hard and there are many more bad days than good days on the journey. But if you really believe in what you're doing and if you love that entrepreneurial journey, you will find a way to keep going. And that is absolutely key because only if you keep going, you will get lucky, you will build up reputation, you'll be able to do enough pivots and iterations to actually reach product market fit. Those things take time and you need to start and then keep going step by step, grow as a person on a personal level, on a professional level and continuously read and educate yourself. So this is, yeah, what helps you keep going, what helps you growing, what helps you expanding. And I think that's so important as an entrepreneur and adding onto this resilience along the journey, being able to build a strong enough mindset through that personal development, what I described, what happened to me when I was 17 to 19, building that resilient mindset of listening to all those incredible stories of successful entrepreneurs and knowing from them how hard it is enabled me to keep going. And yeah, I think that is that is super important. And it goes hand in hand, right? You self-develop, you become more resilient, you understand how difficult it is, and then you are able to keep going. And yeah, it's really about that journey.
0: I love that. Keep going and and set yourself up for success by thinking about your body, thinking about your health. Great. Well, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Nenard, thanks so much for appearing on our podcast. Again, you are now the most uh, visited guest of our podcast.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me again. It's a pleasure to be able to talk about those topics and share them because I think they're they're very exciting to me, and they are key to entrepreneurial success, hundred percent. That's what makes it or breaks it.
0: This was Leon Worma interviewing Leland of Dorlechter on his personal development journey and the founding of Peak. I hope you learned as much as I did today, and I'm looking forward to welcoming you again in episode 15. Thank you for listening.